Glory, how you doing? I'm Buddy. I'm Brandon. Nice to squint at you. There's a penny. <laughs> We're gonna be doing some broadcasting together, a lot more broadcasting together because marriage in the glory is the most persecuted and attacked thing of Satan and his angels I've ever seen. There's, I mean, it's the most powerful thing when a family dwells together in unity, when a family dwells together in perfect love and in perfect glory, in the river of life and in the power of God the Father's throne, in the power of the Lamb on the throne, in the power of the holy angels, and you're living in that realm together in unity, and your inner man filled with the same <laughs> Heavenly Father, it is the most powerful thing on earth. Every family I've ever seen in the glory, living in the glory for the last 20 years, if there is any family that lives in the glory, their children are in the glory, the mother's in the glory, I mean, uh, you know, I'm just saying it right now, you're like, well, I've never seen it before. I know it's the rarest thing I've ever seen is a family that lives in peace and in love in the glory cloud. But that's what comes forth now. Literally, whole families will live in the glory because it's not based on you. It's not based on your head or your hand because you can't do it. There is not enough scripture you can quote to your kids to get them to live in the glory. It comes out of your innermost being and floods your personality with fun. You know how people get saved? They have fun with God. You know how children get saved and stay saved? They have fun with God. If you ever come out of the fun, you come out of the glory. Because the glory is fun. That's how you get your kids saved. That's how you, your spouses you know, stay off each other's throats. And you're not always warring at, at each other in finances and money and you know, picking at each other, biting at each other. You do it by staying your head submitted to the Father in your inner man. And your head submitted to the river in your inner man. When your head is constantly washed in the river, you can't be at each other's throats. Now people, they pretend like they have it together when they come out in public, but I, we know behind closed doors, every family has stuff. But I'm telling you, there's families that deal with their stuff. There's families that are healthy families that know how to bring it into the glory, everything hidden in the heart, and bring it into the light so that the enemy can have no root in the inner man and you can dwell together in peace and in love and in joy and in the glory and in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the power of the holy angels. And every time I've seen a family unit live in that level of peace and glory and power, they've been the leaders of their towns and their cities and even their nations 100% of the time. The family in the glory is the most powerful thing of all time because it's the restoration to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were husband and wife in the hundredfold glory of God the Father perfectly within them. you got to understand, this is the place of the healing of the family of the, of the world, the family of humanity, really. The family of every city and the family of every nation. It is God the Father standing up in your inner man, in the hidden person of your heart, in your spirit life, and you learning how to love your spouse. Now, you have to demonstrate it first. You want to pioneer this for your family? It's as simply as sacrificing your head and your hand. If you can sacrifice your head, your head needs to be right. It's religion. Sacrifice your hand, it's religion. What are you going to do? You bring in the law, the rigidness, and the wrath of the law on people. You're practicing Kabbalah sorcery is what you're doing. Repent and give your head and your hand to the Father in you through the blood of the Lamb and get into the river. 
Most families have never known the river. Most families don't have peace and perfect love. Now, we have an external phileo love, and I've seen that demonstrated. And you know, hey, glory, you know? But let's demonstrate agape love. Phileo love, I'm not even going to attack that. At least you're not going at each other with knives. I deal with families that, you know, are going after each other with knives, death threats. I mean, the stuff I've seen in ministry is beyond bizarre, and I know you guys have heard of it. You've probably seen it. This is an area where the demons go nuts, trying to find rest in the wet place of your heart. you got to understand that Jesus Christ said when a spirit departs from you, it goes through dry and arid places and finds no rest because the heart or the inner man is a wet place. Your spirit is a wet place. And even if it's a swamp, and even if it's full of rebellion and religion and full of lust, it's still a wet place because it's inside of a human being. Every human being has a wet place inside them. These are where the wicked spirits find rest. And so you have to value your inner man more highly than your outer man. Otherwise, spirits will live in the wet place of the blood of your heart. It's true. And so the problem with witchcraft and religion is it deceives the carnal mind, the principality of Jezebel, deceives the carnal mind to value the hand and the head in Christianity. The works of the head, the thoughts of the head, the memorization of the Bible of the head, and the works of Christianity of the hand. That's the mark of the beast according to the Bible. That's the deception of the potent sorcery of Jezebel of the end times of all nations. That we value the head in the hand, and but our, our inner man is forfeit to the foul spirits, to the evil spirits, to the religious spirits, and to the immoral lust spirits. That's why people are full of secret sin, is because we're outwardly Christian. Now it's time to be inwardly Christian and dislodge and clean out the hidden person of the heart and stop giving room to the wicked spirits. Amen. When the bride comes out of the wilderness, it means the wilderness comes out of the bride. It means that the snakes and the scorpions of Revelation chapter 9 are coming out of the wet place of the blood of the heart life of the bride. We've been getting sucked dry. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but the demons do. The demons wrestle with flesh and blood. The demons live inside the flesh and inside the blood. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Which means we're not fighting carnal warfare. We're fighting spiritual warfare against demons that only find rest inside the wet places of human hearts. And even if they can't go inside of a human heart, they'll go inside the blood and the heart of an animal. That's what the blood sacrifice of the old covenant was all about. Sign sheep in half, sign cows in half, sign bulls in half, sign goats in half, you know, even two turtle doves. It was all about the animal soul and the sacrifice of the animal soul that's in the blood. Leviticus says the animal soul is in the blood, but the mind of Christ is not an animal soul. So the mind of Christ is not in the blood. The mind of Christ is in the spirit river, the river of the Holy Ghost proceeding out of your inner man that slays the animal soul. That's how you live as a temple of the Holy Spirit and not a temple of an evil spirit and usually multiple evil spirits. And like Teresa of Avila said, every time you turn on light in a new room in the interior castle, it exposes reptiles and amphibians, lust spirits and pride spirits, every single layer upon layer of the inner man getting renewed through your mind valuing your heart more highly than your flesh. See, the, the unrenewed mind values the flesh. It's called carnal Christianity, the prostitute of Babylon. 
Simple as that. But the renewed mind, because of being beat up so much, mainly, made perfect through what we suffer, values the inner man more highly than the outer man. God sees the heart. He doesn't even see the outer man. That's why when you start walking in the seven eyes, you'll start getting persecuted because these false prophets operating in Jezebel that only prophesy out of their head and not the river and not their belly, they know that you can see because they're full of devils. And that's why we get kicked out of nearly every prophetic group I've ever joined. I mean, like, hundreds. You understand? And even every prophetic church we've ever been a part of. Like, hundreds. Why? Because there's realms that have not been conquered in Christians that they're not willing to give up yet. They're realms of control. They're realms of religion. They're realms of sorcery. That's what sorcery is. is practicing Christianity out of the animal soul instead of the spirit river. But we worship in spirit and in truth. We submit our souls to His soul. Not my soul, not my will be done, but His will be done. His will is done by the river of life. (laughs) There is no chance that God's will will be accomplished in your life or even 1% of your destiny if you don't become God inside-minded. If you're God outside-minded, you can taste of your destiny, but you won't fulfill your destiny. Because you won't ever know about the hundredfold glory realm. You'll settle for gifts of the Spirit. You'll settle for the sixtyfold realm. You'll settle for church instead of cities. You know, the only time churches are mentioned, even once in the New Testament, it refers to cities. But you don't hear people saying, this, well, my city is my church. Because they're not biblical. Because they're not God inside-minded. They're God outside-minded. So they're still operating out of their own heads instead of the headship that's Christ in them. The hope that you realize the glory. The hope that you bring your soul to be a sacrifice to his soul, the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is the soul of Christ, and proceeding from the headship of Christ, the soul of Christ, the mind of Christ, is the river of Christ that does the works. That's the hand of God. By the hand of God we drive out demons out of your hidden hearts, out of the hidden person of your hearts, out of the wet places of the blood of your hearts, out of your flesh and out of your blood, healing every incurable disease and and strengthening all the weakness of your bones and your flesh and your blood. Jesus Christ was, went around doing good and healing every incurable disease and healed all weakness and he strengthened all weakness. Why? Because he dislodged the thieves that you can't see in the, in the spirit world that were stealing from people's hearts, that were finding rest in the wet place of their heart. So Jesus dealt with it supernaturally. And by the Spirit of God we drive out demons so you know the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. And it's the river of life is the Spirit of God that drives out demons. Jesus was operating in the full release of the Father's river from the Father's throne. And He said, it's the Father in me doing the works. And then He gave us the same throne and He gave us the same river so we could do the same works. Not by our hand, but by the river. The river is the hand of God. The river is the finger of God. And the river does all the works. We are not the workers. We're enthroned on His throne. Our inner man's enthroned. And if He puts our bodies on, it's not work. Because it's the Father in you doing the work. But if you're not being worn by God the Father in your inner man, you're going to have stuff inside the wet place of your heart robbing you, and it's going to feel like work. It's going to feel like Oh, I'm so stressed out. It's so hard. I'm, I'm so beat up. I just give up. I'm so, I'm so done. I'm done. I throw in the towel. And people say that all the time. They're like, well, oh my gosh, don't you know it's the Father? He's never done. He's never exhausted of energy. The river has flowed from the Father's throne perfectly for eternity. 
It never stopped even when Adam fell. What happened was their spirit life got sealed off from the second heavens and they crystallized and turned to ice. The second heavens turned to ice, and that's man's spirit life cut off from God the Father. But when the, when the gates are open through your inner man, and the gates are open by the renewing of your mind, the, then the second heavens melt, and you begin to release the river of God from the throne of God and the Lamb from out of your innermost being, and through the gate of your renewed mind into the earth dimension, into the star dimension, and into the sand dimension of Abraham's promise. See, once you get the sands and the stars out of your inner man, then you have the third heaven in your inner man, and all the sands and the stars are added unto you. Walk on streets of gold. Eat the inheritance of Jacob. Ride upon the high places of the earth. Isaiah 58. You ride upon the high places of the earth because those are your places of the earth when you're no longer in the idolatry of having the stars and sands. What are stars and sands? Religion and rebellion. White and black magic. All creation that's in rebellion towards the throne of God and the Lamb, and we bring it into obedience to Christ through our inner man, fully manifesting the river of life. How do we fully manifest the river? We submit our heads and our hands to God on the inside by what? Faith. John 7:38. How do I get this river? How do I acknowledge my inner man? Jesus said, When you believe, the river is for believers. So you need grace. What is grace? The anointing poured on your head. Find someone that operates in the anointing. Let them pour it on your head. You can't do this without the body of Christ. There's no lone rangers. Everyone's connected. Same spirit, same father, same body of Christ. One body, one father of us all. So you have to find someone in the body, some, especially in the headship of the body, which is the apostles and prophets that operate in the river. And then you let them pour the anointing on your head and your head can return and it energizes your heart. That's how you save souls. You went to someone whose head was submitted to his head that spoke from the river and you let the river energize your inner man with the voice of the living waters, the voice of God. And you heard the voice of God and you said, yes, that's God. I believe in that voice and God recreated your spirit man. And then we, religion comes around and puts do's and don'ts on our heads and we forget about our spirit man and it becomes about our head and our hand, which is religious witchcraft, Jezebel, that's being annihilated into the lake of fire right now. And now we're coming out of the bewitchment. People are like, well, can, you, can I lose my salvation? Have you read Galatians chapter 3? Paul was talking about his whole church losing their salvation. You foolish Galatians, having begun in the spirit, are you going to finish in the flesh? Galatians 3, 1 through 3. Read the Bible. So you can, you can start in the river, leave the river, and build sandcastles in the soul and start practicing magic arts, Kabbalah, sorcery, making it about your soul instead of his soul, making it about your will instead of his will, and whose will is done. Well, challenge these people. Challenge them with the headship of the government of God. Challenge these people with the throne of God and the Lamb and the river and see the reaction. And you'll know within... One New York second, if that person's actually a kingdom Christian, or if they're just faking it out of the soul realm. Are they actually submitted to God and the Lamb? Or do they care about the purposes of God, or the purposes of man? You know? What did Jesus call that in the red letters? Get behind me, Satan. You have not the things of God in mind, but the things of man. That's what Jesus Christ said to the Apostle Peter. You have not the things of God in man, but the things of man. The, uh, but, but the things of man. And he said, that is Satan. He called him the devil. So when we have our souls in leadership in Christianity, we're following Satan. 
The Bible says we're following the devil anytime our head is in leadership and not his head, which is the throne and the river out of your inner man, then Satan is in charge of that system. And when the sons of God come around that are in perfect obedience and submission to the throne of God and the Lamb, it's exposed and they freak out. And you've been seeing them freak out? You haven't seen anything yet. Everything hidden in the hidden person of the heart, all the stuff stored up in the wet places, what they've been serving in the secret place of the heart. Listen, I want people to be forgiven. But if you refuse to humble yourself and stop serving your will and calling yourself Christians and you're using all the gifts to promote your ministry, but you're still building sandcastles and pyramids and you're soaking up all the finances of all of the Christians in the world for your little building systems and your little sandcastles and it's not even kingdom and it's not even Father's will, are we not going to destroy you? Are we not going to tear down what you've built and expose you as a fake and a fraud and a thief of the flesh, a Judas Iscariot that puts your hand into the money bags of God the Father's coinage on earth? Those, that, those finances are for what God's will is on earth as it is in heaven. And if it's not God's will, how do you know? Because the person's head will not be submitted to the throne and the Lamb. And that's how 99% of the finances are being stolen right now from the actual leaders of Joel's army. 99, I mean, it's beyond 99. But 99, just to be fair, because I hate exaggeration. 99%. So that the people that are actually doing God's will are persecuted, called false prophets, cult leaders, and every name in the book, because their heads are submitted to the throne of God and the Lamb, and they're God-inside-minded, and they're walking in the real submission to the Father and His angels and everything that the Father wants to do in the earth, and the ones that are watered down and doing it out of their will that has the appearance and knowledge of good, they have it watered down so it appeals more to the flesh, more to the senses, and more to their knowledge, and more to the brain, so they have thousands and millions of followers, even though they think they're serving God, they're still following the will of man, and Jesus called that Satan in the red letters. Truth anyhow, that is the accurate situation in Christianity right now worldwide. So you're going to have a terrible paradigm shift. And by terrible, I mean awesome. Because this terribleness is the glory of God that everyone, well not everyone, but everyone that we know for 20 years, says they are associated with, we love the glory, we love the... But the glory costs you your entire soul and your entire hand, and very few people in the glory that have tasted the glory are actually fully submitted to the throne of God and the Lamb and the river of Revelation 22, verse 1. What is the river of life? What is Revelation 22, verse 1? It's the government of God. The river proceeds from the government of God, the throne of God and the throne of the Lamb. There are two thrones. The Bible says there's two thrones there. Why? Because Jesus is the Son of God. And guess what? When you're fully submitted to the throne of God, you get a throne too. Where is that written? Well, you're a throne of honor and glory in the Father's house, Isaiah 22, 23. And I will allow them to sit with me on my throne, and they will dash the nations to pieces like pottery. You are a throne. You have a throne. And to some of them, I will give the ability to judge even some sons of God of the mighty champions of the marriage carriage of the second coming of Christ will be white throne judgment seats of Christ. And we are some of those judges, I tell you the truth. Hallelujah. Why? Because His judgments cleanse iniquity, which is the doing of your own thing, pretending to be doing God's will, having all the right words, having all the right language, but the head is not submitted to the Father through the heart. 
you see it 99% of the time in the charismatic church. The he- and they're just mumbling and fumbling. What they're saying isn't from God. It doesn't come with authority. The, the angels and the lightnings and the thunders won't back it up. It's just human. It's human. We need the divine. We need the power. We need the throne of God. We need to submit our heads to His headship. You want to walk in power? You want to walk in glory? You need to submit your head to the Father. Where is the Father? Flying around in Saturn? Is He out there in space? Come Holy Spirit. Where is He? We don't know where the Holy Spirit is. Maybe He's off on vacation. Maybe the Holy Spirit's going to the bathroom. Maybe the, you know, and then the, these pagans start cutting themselves because to try to get the Holy Spirit to come. Are we like the prophets of Baal or what? The Holy Spirit's in you when you believe you're a temple of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit flows out of your belly like many rivers. Many rivers. The problem is, is we haven't surrendered our soul and our will to the Father's soul and the Father's will. You can't emphasize that enough because that's what will actually cause this never-ending revival and the marriage supper of the Lamb and the celebration of the bride. (laughs) You know what it is? Luke 15. When the prodigals, and we just, we're so older prodigal syndrome filled that we think that it's all about the rebellious one. Look at how bad the crack kids is. Uh, we, we parade these drug addicts and teen challenge in our churches and we pray for them and can anything I can do to help you, man, I can mow your lawn. And it's like, and you're twice as wicked as they are. You understand? Christianity out of the head is twice as wicked as rebellion that we look upon in those people that are doing the wrong thing. No, literally. Christianity out of your own head and hand is twice as evil as rebellion out of your own head and hand. Why? Because if you're rebellious out of your head and your hand, doing the things you're not supposed to do, you know it's wrongdoing. You know you're doing wrong. If you are religious out of your own head and religious out of your own hand, you think you're doing good. Jesus said, I'm not good. Why do you call me good? Because they were talking about his flesh. They were looking at his head and his hand. He's like, my head's not good, my hand's not good. The Father in me is good because religion is twice as evil. Twice as evil because it's twice as deceptive. That you could be good in your flesh, in your brain, and you could be good in your, in your works, in your hand. That's the mark of the beast. Religion. That you're good in your head and good in your hand. You're not good in your head. You're not good in your hand. His headship is good. His hand is good. His throne is good. His river is our goodness. And it's fun. Goodness means fun. Having fun with dad getting tickled. Amen. And guess what happens? When we finally brought our goat head and our calf head, which is a religious or rebellious head, back to the father. Party. Party. That's all that happens. He said, I'll kill the goat, we'll throw a party. I'll kill the calf, we'll throw a party. What kind of God is this? A party throwing God. That's the goodness of God, that He throws a party and He has fun with His kids. He tickles His kids. He dances and plays with His kids in the glory. That's what the promised land is. A place of constant fun with your Father in heaven on earth. It's true. And the religious one just goes nuts. It's like, no, it's got to be about my head. It's got to be about my hand. It's got to be about me. It's not about you. It's about the Father in you, and His works are fun, and they never feel like works. So the religious people look at you, and they're like, what do you even do? Did you give it to the poor? People ask, even over there every day, what do you even do in Minneapolis? Do you even do anything? All you do is sit there and talk. You don't do anything. I'm not going to support you. 
every day people say that. I'm like, you have no idea what I do. We touch millions of people. I'm like this 24-7, and I don't need to prove myself to you as long as my soul is submitted to my Father in my spiritual stomach, and I know Him face to face for the pure in heart. See, God, that's all that matters, is that our heads are in full submission to the Father in us and His rivers doing the works. That's how Jesus gets the glory. Not by your head or your hand, you religious prodigals, but by the sacrifice of your head and your hand and throwing a party. And people aren't going to understand it because the religious, the human nature and the sinful nature is religious in nature. So it's totally other to have a party. And we want to have a party and we're like a cutting edge, you know, ministry. We play techno music, got a strobe light and a smoke machine. And we're like, that's not the party. The party is the glory of God. The party is the cherubim and the seraphim. The party is the prosperity and the miracle signs and wonders that are so supernatural. Your head is in constant shock of the goodness and the funness of God. Like a $5,000 check that came in yesterday for a guy that used to live here, being able to hand it to him, and he's just in utter shock and jubilee. I mean, you know how people react when you hand them $5,000? That's how this kid looked, and he's a kid, and he's just got $5,000 from a person he hasn't seen in eight years. I haven't seen him in eight years. And I got to call him up and give him a check for $5,000 that was a total, random, unexpected sign, miracle, and wonder uh, from the glory of God of $5,000 and just the faces they make. And that's, that's God's goodness. That's God's fun. That's what you're entering now into the promised land. God is going to spoil you. He's going to spoil you, and He's going to spoil you with His goodness. He's going to spoil you with His fun. He's going to spoil you with finances. He's going to spoil, spoil you with gifts. He's going to spoil you with freedom. He's going to spoil you with abundant life. And, and the things that the people have had spoil them, the rotten stuff, the religious stuff, is just going to stay in the wilderness. And as you enjoy the promised land, your promised land cup will overflow and wash away all those snakes and scorpions that have been bothering you. Everything that's been tormenting you. Everything that's been attacking your peace. Everything that's been attacking your health and your finances and your marriages and your relationships and your families and your cities and your nations, it'll all be whacked in the lake of fire. Your full-time job is to experience the promised land. And what's the promised land? Joshua and Caleb coming with wine grapes. Jurassic drinking of the river of life. The river yeah. of life. They had the government on their shoulders. What was the government on Joshua and Caleb's shoulders? It was the giant wine grapes of the promised land. And we now get to drink the new wine, which is the river of life, by our heads submitted to God's throne in our inner man. And we demonstrate the promised land. We demonstrate the overflow. We demonstrate a land where you can drink and have freedom, abundant life, and fun with Dad. And if it's not fun, it's not God. You got to get it. And get totally set free from all religion and all rebellion and all your heads and all your hands and live in the hundredfold glory realm of Christ in you, the river of life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. Donate at redletterman.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>